on this. One, two, three. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to For the Republic. We have another great show for you guys today. We have a lot of topics to discuss, some, I guess, controversial, some not. We'll be talking Henry Kissinger passing away at the age of 100 this week. George Santos, the New York congressman, expelled from the House of Representatives this week. We'll be talking the debate of the century, not DeSantis versus Newsom, which was on Fox. Someone had to <laughs> remind me. And then we'll also be talking about the immigrant immigration crisis, the riots in Ireland, immigration crisis in Europe, among other topics. Also, what's happening here in the United States with uh, the a lot of migrants all of a sudden are all Palestinian supporters and Hamas supporters. So we'd be talking all about that today. Yeah. Um, it's you. It's my. It's me. You know. You know my name, Louis LV. That's Karen Deep right there. What's up, man? That's your name. That's my name. If you didn't know, I thought your name was Pablo. Oh, that's my nickname. That's my middle name. Oh, you all look alike. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, just like all blacks look alike. <laughs> I was laughing in the beginning because like the way we were clapping. People are gonna think we're retarded or something. <laughs> what do you mean? You were clapping like you were clapping like eight times. Like, yeah. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. So I just had a little announcement for everybody. We are looking to switch our um recording platform because we were we we're here on Zoom. If you haven't noticed, uh, I mean we don't really like Zoom that much. I mean it's it's good, but um it's not as good as we want it to be. So we'll be switching over to make this all look more professional. I'm looking for ways to make this be more professional. So. More Zoom people. is Zoom is for beginners. So if anyone was able to do any kind of podcast and you don't really have that kind of money, uh, just start. No, with actually, Zoom. Start no, with no, something no, don't go on Zoom actually, because Zoom is not is more expensive than Streamyard and Riverside. Just go to Riverside. And Wait, Zoom. is it really? Yeah, that's why I told you. But it doesn't matter the cause. That's why I said I don't really care about the price because they're both cheaper. Fuck. Never mind. Yeah. Now, Zoom, if you don't like us saying this on your platform, you can uh, give us a sponsorship, and I won't say anything bad again. Man, you might as well do Skype. <laughs> yeah, if just, anyone uses that anymore. Just do it in person. Yeah, exactly. If anybody uses Skype. I've never, I haven't seen anybody use Skype in like 10 years. I haven't seen anyone use Uvu. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my God. I, that, that's, that, that's still around? That was my middle school days, man. There are... Fuck. What the fucking egg? It was like the egg-shaped thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I remember that <laughs> shit. All right, let's move into um, Henry Kissinger passed away at the age of 100. The he, This was a man, this was the only Secretary of State to be um, the National Security Advisor, but also the, um, the Secretary of State at the same time. Henry Kissinger, born in Germany in the 1920s and moved to the United States at the age of 15 uh, at when Hitler took over or um, in Nazi Germany. Um, he was a Harvard graduate. Uh, he became well-known as a foreign and geopolitical specialist, and he was then hired by the Nixon administration as the National Security Advisor and then became Secretary of State. And this was so long ago that even Joe Biden voted to confirm Henry Kissinger as Secretary of State. That's how old Joe Biden is. That's, that's crazy how, when you think about how, that. Yeah. yeah, think about it. That was in 1973. This man is 100 years old. He just died at 100 years old. 
And Joe Biden, President of the United States, was there to confirm him in the Senate when he was like, I mean, he was probably in like his 40s or 50s when this happened. Yeah, he was like in his 50s. Late early early 40s. Go back 50s. to the Stone Age. So, yeah. Um, this is uh this was uh this was a head, um headline from the Rolling Stones, um the famous news uh, online publication that you know obviously has a bent towards progressives and left wing people. They're not for conservatives, unless you like rock and rock music and shit. You you are not going on Rolling Stone. This was their headline: Good riddance. Henry Kissinger, war criminal, beloved by America's ruling class, finally lies. The infamy of Nixon's foreign policy architect sits eternally beside that of history's worst mass murderers. A deeper shame attaches to the country that celebrates him. Yeah. That's him testifying to the Senate in his era. Um, A lot of people mentioned about his, uh, his war crimes. Uh, how did it start with him and Nixon and Vietnam, especially with Cambodia and all that. Oh, I've also uh, noticed even 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 Bangladesh. I think Bangladesh and around that region was also um, affected well, by they, Kissinger. He was he was an architect of. It wasn't just just those places, but he was involved, and not just he. I mean, this is he led the the State Department, and he was the National Security Advisor. So he was in the president's ear, and he was one of the most influential people, building uh. Uh, the foreign policy apparatus, the foreign policy doctrine that would be applied to these places. He was involved in Pakistan. They were involved in Chile. They were involved in everywhere where the Soviets yeah. were involved. They were there. And that's, I think, what they... I think the progressives and the socialists despise them the most for that. Because they understood what... The, they knew what they were doing. And they understood that this was a guy who knew what they were doing. He knew the game they were playing. They knew how they moved. They knew that, you know, even if after World War II, this is an example, not to Kissinger, but just how, how they moved. After World War II and after Churchill and Stalin did divide up the world and Ch Churchill says the Greece has to be a democratic Western country, they can't be part of the Eastern Bloc. Stalin says, yes, but in just a couple years later, uh, Greece is a socialist country because the Soviets sent uh, agitators and influencers to Greece to make it a communist country, <laughs> to incite riots and a civil war that led to a coup that inst installed a socialist communist government in Greece. He knew that. He understood that because Henry Kissinger was a man who grew up in struggle, he grew up in divide, who grew up in a violent era, who grew up in the battlegrounds of future wars. He grew up in Germany in the Weimar Republic, which was incredibly poor. He then grew up he was born in it, and he grew up in a country that eventually adopted Nazism, National Socialism under Hitler. And his family left that, and they came to the United States, which was still going a depression, and then soon found itself involved in a world war. After that, it had the nuclear bomb. It bombed Japan, and then it had a war in Korea. So he grew yeah. up in there studying all these things and studying, and he was also a, a very intelligent man, which the left often... There's always this thing that they like to attribute that when they don't like a person, that person has to be stupid. So they always mock Putin's intelligence. They always mock yeah. Hitler. They say Hitler couldn't have been smart. But you have to be smart because no one stupid would be winning elections in Germany. The Germans aren't stupid. And their fights. And then how would they be... How, how I mean, You can't be so stupid to effectively build up a military without the world noticing or recognizing it. 
and so clever that you can take over Poland, you have to be clever. You can't be stupid. But they like to do that because they attribute everything bad. They they attribute themselves to be good. So they attribute every good quality to themselves and say, we're the smart ones. We're the moral ones. So it's, we're the good so it's ones. always the good versus bad. So for them, it, it's that. But not only that, it's it's everything, every quality that's good and bad has to be equally divided, has to be distributed where it has to go. So if you're on the evil side, what they portray as evil, you have to be stupid. You have to be ugly. You have to be immoral. You have to be... You have to be everything evil. You have to be everything bad. But they're good, so they have to be moral. They're the ones who care. They're moral. They care about the working class. They care about the unions. They care about women. They care about minorities. They claim they, claim they care about free speech and freedom of religion. That's what they claim. I'm not saying that it is, but that's what they claim. In their worldview, in their fantasy, that's what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Churchill, I mean, not Churchill, I mean, not Churchill too, but Kissinger was, it was, was not a part of that school. Kurt, Kissinger had a liberal bent, Let's not get that wrong. And I don't mean liberal in the way that you might think, like, oh, he was for poor abortion. Like, no, I'm saying liberal bent in terms of that. He he appreciated uh, a peace movement. He appreciated freedom of speech, freedom of religion. But those things didn't really matter when it was on the world stage. He had a realist view. He was a student and a big proponent of of realism on the foreign stage and foreign policy, meaning sure. effectively in basic terms, you were dealt, you, you played the cards you were dealt. So, if the Soviets were helping elect uh, uh, Santiago Allende in Chile, a socialist who then who governed, by the way, who governed and disre- he disregarded democracy, by the way, the socialists who defend Allende because the CIA and under Nixon and all of them put in uh, Pinochet, they they like to ignore the fact that Allende ignored the constitution, ignored democracy, did not. Used democracy to get in, but then disregarded it completely, and even broke every single constitutional law he could, not caring that the Supreme Court of Chile condemned him. He didn't care about that, but the progressives don't care because they don't like the fact that a dictator came in or a military coup happened, even though that's what they do in every country in the world. That's what the progressives, and I mean progressives, they're just socialists. They call themselves progressives, but they're not. They're just socialists and communists under a new name. They just changed their name. Right. So I think he saw that and said, well, the alternative, this is better than the alternative. So a, so to counter a Soviet, a, a communist Soviet Union and to counter a socialist communist India, what do they do? They install a pro or they, they help install a pro-American, pro-Western leader in Pakistan. And yeah, most of the times these are military coups. But but why do why do the progressives never condemn the military coups of of or the military not the military coups but the dictatorships in the Soviet Union and in China and in Korea and in, in Africa many of the times but they never condemn but they want to condemn a pro-Western leader in Pakistan or they want to condemn the Shah of Iran or they want to condemn um, Israel is another topic but they want to condemn uh, Pinochet but they don't condemn their own socialist dictators like. The one in Zimbabwe, like the one in in Congo, like the one in uh, Egypt, like the ones in the Middle East, they don't do that. It was always that hypocrisy, and and then it gets to a war crime. So they believe that he not only was he a bad person because of all the interventions, but these were these were not interventions. These were interventions, but these were played on a macro level, big picture chess game of. The Soviets strike and install a puppet government here. We have to do the same and do this to protect ourselves because as much as we can, 
eliminate the communist threat from all these countries, we'll be safer at home. That was the belief. That was the belief. That as as okay. if we counter, and that was the belief in Vietnam. That's what led us to Vietnam. That was the the diplomatic foreign policy uh, underlining that that drove us to Vietnam was if we destroy, if we can get the communists out of Vietnam, we can, we'll be safer at home from the threat of communism, from the specter of worldwide communism. They're, they're, they're half right, obviously, but it wasn't well done. That, that was the other point in uh, much respect. Although there's people who debate that for the Vietnam. Vietnam's a different subject. We'll talk about that another day. But that was part of it. Then it came to the way he did it. So in terms of Vietnam, remember, Nixon inherits Vietnam. There's a reason why Lyndon Johnson doesn't run for re-election. It's because he is, at the time, one of the most distrusted and disliked presidents of all time. He has approval ratings in the 10s and 20s. Worse than Joe Biden, oh, because geez. people have oh, realized God. and discovered that the entire Vietnam project was a complete lie. The Battle of Tonkin didn't exist. Uh, the Bay, that didn't exist. That didn't happen. The Vietnamese didn't attack a U.S. ship and drive us to war. We went to war against in Vietnam against communism, which I believe is the right thing. What happened afterwards is where the mistakes were made. Also, the other thing was, not just that people realized that, but second, the way Vietnam went was a ton of men came back killed, injured, and a lot of men came back with PTSD from the constant bombing in places. I mean, we dropped a, a ton of bombs on Vietnam and in Cambodia and in places like Laos too. Um, and and people started hearing of these things and they just didn't like it. The country didn't want a war. The country didn't like the draft where men after high school were effectively, most men after high school being shipped off to Vietnam to fight a war in a place they couldn't find on a map, in a place that they never wanted to be in, where they were either getting killed, they were shooting themselves in the foot to come back home. That's how bad it was, that you would rather shoot yourself in the foot to get back home. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 they were trying to um, and they didn't want to be there. It was there are so many movies you look at and the, the the desperation, the 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 lack of of actually where the army and the military in the in in Vietnam didn't buy in to the cause. They realized that it was a failing cause. That it didn't matter what they did. It always seemed like the Vietnamese, the Ho Chi Minh, the um, they were always um. They were always ahead of them. That's what they believed. So, um, so that was part of the the. So they inherited that. They inherited that national attitude, and that was a reason why the the Republicans and Nixon won. Nixon was viewed as a, as he was the vice president. Nixon was the vice president under Eisenhower. He was viewed as a statesman. He was viewed as someone with experience who could get things done. They want who they could trust. He was from the other side. Not that they liked him, but that they viewed him as someone. Oh, we can trust him. We weren't in Vietnam when he was around. Right, he was vice president, and he went against. Obviously, we know that Nixon lost to Kennedy, and maybe things would have been different. Um, but also maybe Nixon would have been different then because Nixon was a different man. He was involved in politics more, so he could have. He was he was a different man then than when he was in seventy in the uh, sixty eight. Um, I think it's sixty eight or seventy two when they win. I think they win in seventy two. Do they win seventy two? Seventy two? Seventy six? No, 768, yeah. So they win in 68. So in six, 1968, Nixon becomes president, and that's when they start getting out of Vietnam. Um, 
How close was uh, relationship with Henry Nixon? Oh, very close. I mean, he would. That's that's how close he was. He was so close, and he was so well trusted, and he guided him so much that he was not only Secretary of State, or not only was the National Security Advisor, but he became Secretary of State at the same time. He's the only person to ever do that, to hold those two positions. Remember, the National Security Advisor doesn't have to be appointed by Congress. He's appointed by the President. End of story. The Secretary of State has to be approved by Congress. So he was Secretary. He was the National Security Advisor and then Secretary of State. He had both positions at the same time. So he was the leading, he was the leading diplomat, the leading author of the foreign policy plan project in the midst of the Cold War. And he is the father of detente, opening up relations and attempting to ease relations, cool things down, and creating a dialogue. So he was the reason why we started to talk to China. He believed that it was crucial that the United States have a not friendly or be friends with China because Democrats and liberals and, and progressives have this notion that if you have a relationship, you're buddy buddies. You're not. That's not the truth. But he mm, believed that it right. was it was important that we have a Especially relationship. Politics. He believed it was important that we just have a relationship and that it'd be a positive one where we could exchange ideas, we could trade, that it was important that the Chinese alienated by the Russians because Mao Zedong and Stalin and Khrushchev had a falling out. And we're not on the best of terms. And that's why they've always had this uh, complicated relationship until now. Xi Jinping and Putin are friends, but back then, Mao Zedong and, and mm -hmm. Stalin were not were not that close. And Khrushchev and, and Mao Zedong were not that uh, aligned. So they had issues, personal. Um, and so he believed, and so Kissinger, clever and understanding that, something the progressives hate, believe that it was important and crucial for us to get involved in that and say, hey, you can be our, we can be friends, we can talk. Can't we talk? Can't we meet with you and discuss nuclear weapon, uh, nuclear proliferation? Can we discuss trade? Can we discuss Hong Kong status? Can we discuss Taiwan? Can we discuss foreign policy? Can we discuss trade, potential economic opportunity? Can we showcase the American system to the Chinese? Can we open up China's uh, ports to the Americans? Things like that. And that was the beginning of, of, of the end of the, of the poor, monotheistic, Chinese communist state as it was then. And that began the China we know today. That was the founder. He is the father ah. of the Which is why he was disliked by conservatives. Well, little Henry, fucker. Henry Kissinger was disliked <laughs> by both sides. Now, I don't think Henry Kissinger did that because he said, I like the Chinese communists and I think well, we should they're great and we should make them rich. I think he used yeah, that to yeah, play yeah. as a hedge and said, we're countering the Soviets. Let's make the let's make the Chinese our friends and see what we can do with them. Maybe they won't be communists in 20 years if we give them because the idea was that if you give economic access, capitalist, cap, if you export capitalism and economic development and economic prosperity to a country like that, that's a socialist communist. A dictatorship or autocracy, the people will become rich and will will want things like democracy. They'll want a constitutional republic. They'll want to be able to vote. They'll want to be able to have the right to free speech. They'll want the right to be free to express religion. That was the idea. The problem was, and this is another discussion, I've talked about this before, is that we did that by mortgaging our own American prosperity. So we shipped the jobs off to China in the 90s. We shipped jobs off to China in the thousands. We helped them. We gave them grants. We gave them favored trade act status. We gave them. We gave them access to funds they would never have access to if they remained 
a communist country without our support or our backing. Which is why I always say that China was a creation of the United States. Because we let that happen. Because we believed if we did that, China would become a free democratic country. Like South Korea. Like Japan. Yeah, it didn't work well. Because Japan, well, people like to say Japan did be, was Japan because it was because of them. After World War II, we occupied Japan and we constructed that government. We're the reason Japan is the way it is today. We have a major, we have, there's a major, major reason Japan is the way it is today. The Americans. That was probably the only and the finest, along with South Korea, the only and the finest example of regime, regime building or regime change in, in the, that the United States has carried out. It's Japan. The only one. Fuck. So, <laughs> and so Henry Kissinger was hated by by the by the by the progressives because of the Cambodia because during the war in Vietnam, remember they came in but they carried out the war in Vietnam and we left. We ended the war in Vietnam in I believe seventy three. We formally pulled out of Vietnam I think in seventy three. But the discussions have happened. We carried it out. And we they eventually said we're going to leave with dignity. That was the sense. We're going to leave with dignity. With humble dignity. That was the line. Wasn't he also... That's what they advocated. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wasn't he also awarded a, a Nobel Peace Prize? He was. He was for awarded. Wanting, for wanting to leave uh, Vietnam. Yeah, because he was a major proponent of the fact that the, that war was lost. We weren't going to win it. Um, in the, in, and also, we had lost the hearts and minds of our people. And we had lost... the And by, by 68, the, the political movement for... The political capital for a war had been exhausted. The, the American people didn't want one. Uh, Nixon helped end the draft. He ended the draft, and he and and led to. Nixon is a very interesting president because until Watergate, he was virtually one of the most popular presidents of all time. People don't know yeah. that, but he was. He was one of the most popular presidents of all time. A Republican, a Republican who started the EPA, a Republican who advocated for a single payer healthcare system. He would be loved today, but he was also a president that believed in government transparency. He didn't believe in an establishment. He didn't believe in um, on building and starting wars in foreign countries and and, and, and and explaining that thing. You would you would say, oh, but what about Vietnam? Remember, they bombed Cambodia because Kissinger knew, like a lot of other people not in Washington knew, they knew that the the Cambodians, led by Pol Pot, who starved. Uh, three million people in the uh, Cambodian countryside, which, by the way, the people who are calling who are calling uh, Kissinger a war criminal, they're not pointing this out. They're not pointing out that the leader of Cambodia starved over a million to two million Cambodians in the fields of Cambodia when he moved them out of the city to the countryside, to the farms, to the rural side, to be farmers, because he and his chief economic minister, who studied in France. At the Sorbonne, built a believe that if they took the the people in the cities of Cambodia and put them out in the countryside to to produce food, that the country would be sustainable and wealthy. It failed. Millions of people died. Paul Pot was responsible for that. The Khmer Rouge was the government there, and the the Americans Kissinger knew that the that the North Vietnamese, that the Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese, were sending. Soldiers and ammunition and supplies through the Ho Chi Minh Trail through Cambodia. And they had bases on the Cambodian border. 
and that they bombed it, they bombed those targets. And yes, were civilians killed? Yes, because just the same as the Palestinians do and Hamas does, they hide themselves within a civilian population. That was the biggest problem of Vietnam is that there was so much guerrilla warfare that you couldn't distinguish. The soldiers there could not distinguish a, a normal Vietnamese citizen with someone who was northern Vietnamese. They couldn't. They couldn't distinguish someone who fought for the northern Vietnamese. And it's not because they all look the same. It was because you didn't know <laughs> if they agreed. You didn't know if they were for them because they didn't wear uniforms like that all the time. Many of them were hiding in play in the jungles and in the rainforest. You couldn't find the jungles them. and the forest. Yeah, exactly. Right. You didn't know. So if when the American troops were going to a village in 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 the middle in the middle of Vietnam, they had no idea who the hell supported them. They couldn't trust their own translators. The translators also couldn't tell. They couldn't trust each other. There was this notion that I don't know if you are or not. We couldn't know that because. The Vietnamese did something that other people did is that they dressed up as normal people. Yeah, they had wow. uniforms, but a lot of times to counteract because they couldn't because the Vietnamese knew that in a standard in a normal war, conventional war, they couldn't they, they could never win. The United States yeah. had right. a far larger military, not just in the size of army, but they had a far bigger arsenal. And then they had at the end the N-word. They had the nuclear bomb. So so they knew that the U.S. are like five steps ahead, but they didn't, they want to see if they can be fifty steps ahead. Well, they were dressing up like normal ahead. people and like yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the they, United, no, it's, it's smart. The Americans were never could never be a step ahead because they were fifty steps ahead. They were yeah. always you don't know who's who. Yeah, especially you in the homeland. Yeah, exactly. You're in our homeland. We know the rainforests. We know the trails. We booby trap places. And by the way, you won't be able to see who you won't know who's who's a northern Vietnamese supporter. Because remember, the country was divided between North Vietnam and South Vietnam before it became the complete Vietnam. There was a border. The Northern Vietnam was communist, led by Ho Chi Minh and the Communist Party. The South Vietnam in Saigon, that was that was the pro-American government. So when they were fighting the Northern Vietnamese, they couldn't tell in those towns and those villages who supported us and who didn't. They couldn't tell because everyone was dressed the same. It was in the it was in the hearts and minds of those people. They believed that they were aligned with Northern Vietnam. And you're not you can't read someone's mind and you can't tell someone's heart. You can't. So um aside Vietnam, uh, uh this is uh, main roles of Argentina and and Chile. And then well we'll 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 just discuss that, whatever, you know. You know, and then we can talk about India and Pakistan after that. Yeah, so in Chile, and in, in I think it was um, 70 or 71, uh, there's a man, Santiago Allende, a, a, a self-avowed and, and, and very happy to say that he's a socialist, communist, wins the democratic election in Chile. In the course of a year and a half to two years, he then begins to flip shit over. He Shit hits the fan. And I'm not saying that millions die, I'm just saying that he begins to nationalize private enterprise he begins to change laws he begins to disregard the constitution of chile and he begins to act outside of the law the supreme He's court really of chile the supreme court of chile writes a letter denouncing him and saying that he is illegally making decisions he's illegally uh governing the country he is disregarding the constitution and he does not respect the rule of law because he is doing things illegally Santiago Land 
pretty much tells him, you know, shove it, shove that letter up your ass. I don't give a shit. The CIA, to counteract the Soviet influence of communism in South America, our backyard, or our front yard, you could say, um, we noticed that there are, there are, in Chile, this was in Chile, Argentina, not so much, but in Chile. Um, so they counteract, to counteract this influence, what do they do? They find a, a experienced, uh, military leader, commander named Augustin Pinochet, who is vehemently anti-communist and has the capabilities to command thousands of men on a certain day to take over the government and give in, in the name of the Americans, not an American government, but a pro-Western government, anti-communist government. So the CIA provides them the means to do so. They provide them the tactical backup and the support to do so. And and as National Security Advisor, you can bet your house that Mr. Kissinger knew about it. And he approved it. And guess what? If I was there, I would have approved it. Because this democratically-led man began to rule undemocratically. See, we we do one thing that they can't. I can see better than I hear. I hear you. He was democratically democratic elected. But I can see that he began to run the country like a dictator. And he never said he was. But he, but he started to. So I can see that. You can tell me and I can hear you all you want that he was democratically elected. He was ruling it like an autocrat, like a dictator, like the ones you supposedly care about. But they don't care about him. Wow. Remember? They, they don't. Because they, they, what they care about are dictators that aren't communists. But once there's a communist socialist dictator, they love them. That's what they do. The liberals and, and the progressives love the socialist dictators. That's why they loved Fidel Castro. That's why they loved Hugo Chavez. That's why they loved the guy in Zimbabwe who passed away a couple years ago. That's why they liked, loved Nelson Mandela, who was a socialist. He wasn't a dictator, but he was a socialist. So That's crazy. That's what they did. So Pinochet comes in in 73, and he effectively does a coup d'etat, and Allende kills himself. It's alleged that he was killed, but Santiago Allende kills himself. Now, they like to tell us that he didn't kill himself, that he was killed, but he kills himself. We're going to go with that narrative. He kills himself in Chile, and Pinochet takes over, and effectively, until the late, until almost 19, until like 1889, 88, uh, the country undergoes a vast economic transformation. Uh, it becomes one of the wealthiest countries in South America. Um, they start a huge campaign of getting rid of communists. Pinochet had a thing where he would launch, he would throw um, communists out of a helicopter into the ocean or into the middle of nowhere and drop them. Like That's how he would kill them. Instead of firing squads, they would grab them, put them in helicopters, make them disappear, and he would throw them off a helicopter into whoever and who the hell knows. And that's how he got rid of them. Oh my god. Oh, that, wow. was, that was his thing. See, the communists got firing squads. He has helicopter rides. <laughs> and he would get pushed. If you were a communist and you were doing some, and you were pulling off some shit, you would be getting, you would be getting pushed off of a helicopter. Who, who would have known a helicopter ride would, <laughs> would solve everything? Helicopters solved everything. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. But, um, so yeah. That that's, that's the one way to do it. Yeah, that was him. So this was um Santiago Pinochet right here. These are photos of him. A military dictator who died 50 years. So people are just people hate him. People dislike him. So that's him. Him and his peoples. 
Him and his soldiers right here. That's him. I mean, he does look hated. Oh, yeah. But he was also beloved. So there are people in Chile who still defend... Because people in Chile try to have the socialist communists that took over now try to like re reassess his legacy. But there's a lot of the older generations that say, no, things were peaceful. Things were good when he was here. That's why we could afford the massive oh. social programs because we were rich. All oh, right. So that was him. Um, yeah, just a, a, a military. Uh, he was a military dictator, and he was not. Um... Oh, seventy-four to nineteen ninety. So yeah, he he was there for you know a while, and this was approved by the um, Operation Condor. Was a United States backed political campaign or political regime state terrorism. That's what they write. So, of course, this was written by some um, right wing dictatorships. Yeah, this was written by some lefty. But yeah, it was done in, <laughs> in all these places. So, there was in Argentina, there was Videla, 76 to 81, Bolivia, Hugo Suarez from 71 to 78, and then 97 to 2001, Brazil. Mm -hmm. Effectively from 74 to 85, Pinochet, of course, is the big example. Strosner in Paraguay from 54 to 89. And then there was also this one. So a Japanese man became the president. Oh, this is Paraguay, so never mind. Yeah, but in Paraguay, they had it from, um, they had it from 54 to 89. Peru had it from 75 to 80. And then and where is he from again? Who? Um... Paraguay. What was his name again? Alfredo Strassen. Oh, I see. And then in Japan, a Japanese man eventually became the um, the president of um, a Japanese man eventually became the, the president of um, of Peru. Did he a Japanese, because there's a big Japanese community in uh, Peru. If you didn't know, no, I know. Um, yeah. So from 1990 to 2000, he led a. He was kind of the same thing as um, as um. He was in prison. Yeah, they they sent him to prison because when he was president, um, democratically elected, by the way, um, <laughs> he started to hunt down on uh, communists and socialists. And he tried to get rid of them. And so um, he was um, incredibly disliked. Oh. Yeah, his daughter has tried to run for president several times. And she keeps losing to the communists who, you already know, are pulling up some shady shit. Woman can't fight against communism. Oh, she's like incredibly running against communism. She's like a firebrand. I mean, she's only 48 years old. And... Oh, wow. So this man, Pedro Castillo, a communist, by the way, mm. and this is all funny. The democratically elected, and then in two, and so last year he tried to get, he tried to um, end Congress. He tried to dissolve Congress. The democratically elected socialists, you know, the ones who love democracy. Yeah. He tried to end Congress, and then there was a new president. So and, and it's in this bitch, who's also a communist. Oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Wouldn't you like a Japanese Peruvian like president? Wales. So, um, yeah, that's... Um, I mean, yeah, maybe she's really good, and yeah. Yeah, she's good. She's good at her thing. She she talks her shit. And, um, <laughs> you know, Speak there was... Speak your shit, girl. 
Yeah, she he was, you know, the um, Yeah, if you just like look up uh helicopter <laughs> helicopter. Helicopter, helicopter. Uh, Aurier Benavente, Augusto Pinochet's former personal helicopter pilot, has admitted on numerous times that he threw prisoners into the ocean or into the high peaks of the Andes Mountains. Flights were also used to make bodies of already murdered dissidents disappear. What the fuck? Yeah, so... um, Yeah, here it is. Here's the ruins of the helicopter. Well, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to do that now because... I... Internet's too strong right now. Bro, I'll do that shit right now, bro. Who gives a fuck? They're <laughs> mad. They were quiet when we did that shit. They were in their place. They got kept. There were no trans in Argentina when they did that shit. What do you think? And that's what people will be saying, too. So people will say shit like that. Yeah. Not, not effectively what I'm saying, but like they'll say shit like, oh. No. <laughs> I just saw you. What? <laughs> Where? Oh, yeah, for the images, yeah. Yeah, bro, I'll be looking for shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, you gotta Christy be... at Buffet. Yeah, you know that photo? That's what the one I used. How do you think these presentations get made? <laughs> These presentations, no joke. Oh, um, back to um, Kissinger. I also mentioned India and Pakistan. That, that's an, that's also an interesting one. So India. Uh, well, know, what was his role on that? So India, as you know, in the Cold War, was a communist country. The Gandhis that took over after him uh, were socialists. Yeah, were pure socialists and led uh, India down the hard road to poverty, or as Hayek would say, the hard road down to self serfdom where effectively they became workers of the state, and the only people that profited were the Gandhis that succeeded him. Um, so Pakistan, uh, India, obviously the, the natural rivalry that that's always been. Uh, the United States and Kissinger helped install a pro-American government in Pakistan to counteract the influence of a socialist um, India and a Soviet uh Russia in the area, in that part of Asia, in the western part of Asia, the subcontinent area. And so that's what he did. They installed, they, they helped install, Kissinger helped install a a um, a pro-western government to um, into Pakistan. And then now you see where Pakistan is now. And Pakistan for a long time was, yeah. a, <laughs> was a relatively wealthier country than, than India for a long time. Um, until now, where now they're on the brink of um, huge decline, and they're now taken over by the, um, I think the, uh, they're taken over by the fundamentalist Islamists in 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 Pakistan, who having a nuclear bomb, um, and seeking to have more. Um, yeah, I think it's more important. We we know what they would would what they would do on the national what they would do unchecked would be would be. Uh, tremendously um, bad. Remember, the same Pakistanis that um, helped the new Pakistanis were the ones that helped um, shield Osama bin Laden for in the Taliban for many years. Yep. But that was his role. So they hated him for that role. But then the conservatives hated him. The conservatives hated him because uh, he always appeared to be more of a 
globalist than he was a um a nationalist and they believe that a lot of his decisions were never made with a nationalist perspective that yeah we do these things to fight in the cold war but we preserve this notion that we do this to protect the united states or to promote the idea of america um it wasn't done that but he wasn't thinking of that and he wasn't also thinking of the other thing that the progressives hate who was oh democracy and human rights which by the way they don't care about but they say they do and that's what they chant on the streets so those things and also the way in which the and i'm talking about conservatives like you and me not republicans conservatives yeah 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 not the rockefeller wings not the rockefellers and the and the bush and the moderate wing i'm talking about the goldwater reagan wing which Mm -hmm. which when they left when nixon and kissinger talked about how we were leaving vietnam it looked like we were defeated it was a very defeatist uh, way of leaving. It was we leave humbly with our hands behind our back and our heads hung and we're leaving. We're done here. We accomplished the mission. Um, we set up a government half and half um, but that was short-lived because in 1975 that was the fall of Saigon. Congress, including Joe Biden, voted to slush funding to the South, to the government in South, uh, in South Vietnam and shortly after um in just a matter of a year that government collapsed and the vietnamese in north vietnam ho chi minh took over the entire country and became the vietnam we know today a consolidated communist vietnam um, i didn't really notice how to fuck shit up yeah and um and that was the fall of vietnam the fall of saigon if you ever heard that when we talked about afghanistan we definitely talked yeah. about the fall of saigon yeah. and so that was a and so those were things that um, the conservatives disliked, is that he always appeared to be a a globalist rather than a nationalist, and that um, his defeatist attitude, the way he left Vietnam, and also his bent towards China, his bias affinity to China for China, that was his project, that was his child. And so I could understand why, but um, that was a big cons- uh, a criticism. And also, um, Reagan ended the idea of detente. Um, he believed that we had to win it or lose it. That was his attitude on the Cold War. It was time to act now. And that aggressive nature was was not what um, someone like Kissinger would have went for, would have done. He would have been calculated slowly but assuredly going to his goals of, of, of implementing his, 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 his uh, project or plan. Um, but Reagan was different. Um, Reagan... A believer in that their view of leaving Vietnam was defeatist and that an affinity to China was not ideal. He was different. He was set out to win the Cold War. That was his goal in the eight years. He wants to win it, end it. Um, and that's what he did, um, you could say. But yeah, I, I've always oh. just, I, that was why people considered him a war criminal. But he's, um, he's, um, he doesn't look like he's your usual, like, on the bat, like, as they would call him, a war criminal. I mean, he does have some kind of, like, genius mind into it. Like, like he's not doing anything on purpose. He, he's, he's trying to find reasons on why. Like, what can we do to make this better? I guess he wouldn't... I guess he didn't expect China to be as it is right now. Would you say that? expected China to be as it is right now. That his well, his criticism of China, his criticism for that for conservatives has been that he well, he enjoys the fact China it is what it is right now. He believes that it would lead to a good thing. So 
um, recently, uh, before he died, he, by the way, he was active. He was an active foreign policy contributor until the day he died. So he was an really? active thinker. Yeah, presidents constantly, people would always ask him for his opinions because he is the... Oh, yeah. I think uh, Hillary, didn't Hillary Clinton also... Um... Well, he was invited, Trump invited him to the White House too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was always a fixture in the foreign policy apparatus. He was always uh, he was always an influential mind. And in the way that people... So if, if major politicians could always go to him and ask him, what do you think of this? And I always liked yeah. him because I always liked him because he understood things. He had a way of seeing the world that had to be appreciated. That that's that's why I say like people are gonna keep calling him a war a war criminal, but he is a genius in in his own way, like the way he thinks. That's yeah. why people and come I up also to him. Think you can really when we call him a war criminal, the, the people that call him a war criminal never criticized people like Aland or Paul Pot or in the guy in Zim, or Mugabe in Zimbabwe or or uh, or Adi Amin. Or the people in India who starved people, or the people in uh, Cambodia, I said Paul Pot, or Mao Zedong. I've, I've never seen people the millions the and millions and all that. <laughs> the tens of millions. I mean, Mao Zedong is responsible for over a hundred million deaths. A hundred million people. A hundred million. Think about that. A third of the United States is a hundred million people. That's about our population. We're about 350. A third. A hundred thousand people. And they're never. I don't see protests saying how the, the communists, communist people kill people. They don't say that. They don't believe in that. They don't believe it. They don't want and to. But they want to go out and, and cheer. Remember the the Palestinians cheered, and also the Palestinians hated him because he was a supporter of Israel in seventy three. He believed that it was crucial because in seventy three, remember or know this that the Soviet Union was helping. The, the Syrians, the Lebanese, the Jordanians, to fight Israel in 1973 in the Yom Kippur War. And he believed that U.S. supply and aid of Israel would counteract the Soviet influence in the area. That's why he did that, not because he hates Palestinians, he wants to kill people. He believed that it was a means to an end. And that was his idea, that we have to do this to get to where we have to be, peaceful. That's what he was advocating for. And those people right. didn't like the way he did it. But guess what? They would. Because all those people on the <laughs> side of Palestine today, they would eagerly go to war against Israel. They would love to do that. Mm-hmm. They would love it if the Syrians but, and the Jordanians and the and Lebanese went to war with Israel. They would love it. Yeah, it's, it's funny the way you explain it to me. Like it, it, I, It's like different because I mentioned to you before, like, I never really heard the guy. I mean, he was like oh. pretty quiet. Yeah, I never really oh, heard. He was an incredibly significant person. And then, like, yeah, you you mentioned that you want to talk to him about it. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm gonna look it up and see. And his his story and his life is very interesting. Like, he was born in Germany. You know, he had to leave the, the he had to leave Nazi Germany. You know, came to America, did what he had to do, go to school, went you know, to Harvard. Went, yeah, exactly. Went, became a politician. And, well, he didn't become a politician. All no, he didn't become is... a politician. He was a he was a strategist. He wasn't a politician. Okay. He was a strategist, and he was and people found out about him, and the Nixon administration hired him. Yeah, and I I always hear that he is a war criminal. The amount of people that yeah were it's the a very victims. Popular line. It, it's uh, yeah exactly. So it's like I wouldn't really expect that coming from like an American strategist or politician there's to be reasons why 
Yeah, but it was because of the things he signed off on. You know, and the fact that people did die. And, you know, people did die when he approved and, and not just approved, but but advocated for carpet bombing uh, Vietnamese bases I heard in about, Cambodia. Yeah, yeah. So right, right, they right. Don't, they ignore the fact that those were Vietnamese bases in Cambodia. They just say that, oh, my God, civilians died. Yeah, but they were all civilians. The North Vietnamese was an army of civilians, effectively. They were. This was guerrilla fighting. That's how yeah. we were doing so badly. Yeah, so, yeah. no, this, this right here, is, it's, it's interesting. Then, as always, don't you but, notice uh, that they always ignore the context? Yeah, they always do. That's why I'm like, all right, like, you guys keep saying he's a world criminal, but like, I kind of want to hear more. Exactly how? You know? <laughs> exactly what was it? It's easy. Say. It's like it's like it's easy to say that Putin is a, is you know a a war monger or like he's he's evil, but it's like dig deeper. You know, it's it's easy for us to say that, but exactly. there has to be reasons. Exactly. Like, wasn't Obama a war monger? He yes. uh, invaded and Libya. No one's no he one said anything. No one will ever say anything. No. He, he got himself a, a fucking award, too. So. <laughs> yeah, he propped up he propped up a bad government in South Sudan and look at where they are. Libya failed. Yemen, look at what he did. He, he like bombed Pakistanis. Drone striked uh, Pakistanis. <laughs> drone striked people in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, he didn't yeah, like make things like, anything. And families and yeah, exactly. What about him? Exactly, but they ignore that. They're like, no, but Obama's black. <laughs> yes, yeah. that black protection. Yeah, black <laughs> protection. Yeah. So, um, oh, he can't do that. He's black. He has to be nice. We're gonna move on to the next um to the next news. Um, we talked about him. Um, George Santos expelled from the House of Representatives teeing up a special election in the Tassel District in New York. Um, he was voted like, upon... Like Michael Noah's fat brother. Democrats and um, the most fashionable representative in Congress. The funniest... Oh, God. <laughs> the funniest uh, representative in Congress. Um, I mean, my thing has been, and I'll let you get to it in a second, my thing has been, Joe Biden has told the funniest lies also. This guy's doing the exact damn thing. He's saying that his mom was involved in the Holocaust. No, he said his mom was there on 9-11 and she was in Brazil. Like, that's how that's how <laughs> funny his lies are. He's like, oh, my grandparents escaped the Holocaust, but they didn't. They're not even, like, there. He said, oh, I'm Jewish. And then, like, they called him out and he was like, no, I'm, I'm like, Jewish. Like, kind of Jewish. Like, you know, like, I like bagels. Like, that, like, that was his rationale. He is so a Biden does, does the same thing, but no one wants to Exactly, like Biden does the exact damn thing. Nobody criticizes uh, him. Elizabeth Warren does that too. But yeah, Elizabeth Warren said she was Native American and got a job <laughs> because they thought she was Native American. Yo, like I should, come I should, on. I should do that. But, um, I'm also I'm also Native American. African. <laughs> I'm African. I'm like the lightest African known. I'm a, I'm a Ugandan <laughs> Indian. I'm a Ugandan Indian. So that, that's what they did. I mean, even and then what surprised me was Fetterman, who was on the View. They asked him, like, "Are you really good? That, are you okay yeah. with that?" And he said, "In you know, in his own way of saying it, he said, you know, if you're gonna get rid of Santos, how can you let Menendez stay in the Senate?'" He didn't really say all the words, like, "How can you allow someone to like?" He can't really talk. Um, you saw the video. He can't talk. And then after yeah, a while, yeah, after I like saw, a yeah. minute, he was like, "Bob Menendez is really a senator for Egypt and not New Jersey." I completely agree. Um. 
And he kind of like made a thing like, you know, Santos's lies are like, yeah, you know, I was on the moon. You know, like funny, funny lies. He called he called Santos's lies funny. And all the women on the view laughed when he said that. I mean, I, if I said that on the view, they would they wouldn't laugh at me. Those punk ass bitches. But, um, but he's like he's he's just going around trolling people. No, yeah. well, I wouldn't say trolling, but it's it's like, yeah, he's just trying to be funny. Is that? I mean, I don't know. No, no, he's not trolling. <laughs> he's not trolling. He's, or he's or he's actually or he's actually being like serious, telling people he that he's that. He was, which is why I was laughing because it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't true. Like when Joe Biden goes and says, "Like, yeah, I grew up Puerto Rican." He's serious <laughs> about it, but it wasn't true. <laughs> like Joe yeah, Biden goes fuck, around man. and is like, "Yeah, I grew up Puerto Rican." We all know that's a lie, except for him. Dude, it doesn't even look Puerto Rican. <laughs> and he's like, "I grew up in a Puerto Rican community." Where? When? Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you grew up in a Puerto Rican community? There are no Puerto Ricans in Delaware. You grew up. And then in the same sentence, he'll be like, I grew up in an Irish household. What? I'm surprised they didn't say they were Indian people. I grew up in Well, Indian... he says there were Indian people, but they're all cab drivers and, and 7-Eleven people. Remember that one? 7-Eleven workers. Yeah, like if you go, if you walk in, it's like, it's like uh, you're going to walk into 7-Eleven, you have to have a, a an Indian accent. A, a slight Indian accent. You have to have a slight Indian accent around here. I mean, it's hilarious. And so I think it's like, First of all, they all lie, which is, by the way, a lot of them don't want to actually go out and criticize him. They're just vote on it because they all know if they come out and say something, they're all going to look at you, too. Oh. And so, but the thing is, like, bro, he has the funniest lies. Y'all are just, y'all just hating y'all. You know what? You know what it is? They're just hating that they're not creative enough. They're not creative enough to say that their mom was in 9-11, even though she was in Brazil. He literally (laughs) said that on 9-11. When he was campaigning, he was like, I'm, I'm a victim of 9-11 because my mom was involved in the attacks. She is a survivor yeah, I mean, of 9-11. I remember we, uh, we talked about him in one yeah, of the episodes, exactly. and you mentioned yeah. that part, yeah. He said that he, like, and remember, this guy not only is he lying, but he was a drag queen in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. This is my favorite congressman of all time. The fact that he's gone is like, that, that was a sad day. That was a sad day in America for me. The fact that he's gone. I forgot he was. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah we we even talked about that. Yeah, we've talked about him. He's my favorite congressman. What did I say? I don't give a shit about Jim Jordan and Speaker Mike Johnson. This is the fa- this is my guy. I love that guy. He dresses good because he's gay. He's gay and he's fashionable because gay people be fashionable. You know that. You didn't know that? What? Uh, oh, I thought you were trying to say, like, you know that because you're trying to say I'm gay. Oh, well... Obviously, <laughs> no. But I'm like, you all know that gay people can dress, and they're good at house I, decorating. I, I, I see something, yeah, yeah, and that's him. And he's lying and trolling me that he says that he's Jewish, but no, I'm Jewish. Like I'm cheap. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> like he literally says I'm Jewish because I like bagels and I like breakfast. Like what? I love that man. That guy's hilarious. Why are they getting rid of him? The fuck they should get rid of AOC, not him. No, they can't. Joe do that. Biden they, can they lie, won't. but Joe Biden can lie, but he can't lie. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a very nice old man, you know. He <laughs> Yeah, don't you know that don't you know that George Santos is a Holocaust survivor? His grandparents oh. survived the Holocaust. Yeah, this is hilarious. Dude, that guy We're like crying. 
That dude is hilarious. That dude is hilarious. Yeah. But that was what I was saying. I mean, I get it though, and I agree. Like, like you know, you're not gonna get rid of Menendez, and Democrats know that. That's why that that's why they're not going after him. And by the way, Santos did say like, hell, if if I go down, we're all going down because I know shit now. So I want to know what's gonna oh, happen. Oh shit! I want to know. This is hilarious to me. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, now now what's next? So well, he's um, kicked out. So now there's gonna be a special election. So they okay. have to vote for a new congressman, who's probably gonna be a Democrat. But um, and that's the end of George Santos, man. Damn, I'm sad. That was a sad day for him because that dude is hilarious. That dude is hilarious. His lies are funny <laughs> as hell, and just the way he is. Like, have you seen him with the glasses? He's hilarious. No, I've I've, se- I've seen him with glasses. No. Well, I thought Ooh. I thought this was him just like pulling around, just like being funny. But no, he's actually being serious. Nah, he was being serious, man. <laughs> Bro, I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Hey, guy, Joshua. I love that guy. I'm gonna check his dick. Whoa! Damn! Shut up! Kissing his culo like that. <laughs> <You wish. laughs> Why would I wish that? I <laughs> You're the one that's. You're the one that's praising him. Yeah, because I love liars like that guy. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what? We can't have this liar. You guys can have Joe Biden who's lying, but we can't have fucking George Santos. Bro, that is true. They're just mad that George Santos isn't a pedophile, and and your guy is. Well, what does what does Santos know about everyone? I don't know. Not, yeah, because you mentioned you mentioned it, like at, if I'm going down, you're all going down, and I know this every, point, I know a lot. Honestly, at this point, I doubt he knows anything. But he's probably just talking shit. Oh, oh he just. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna guess. I'll guess he's just like you know so. What? No, so another lie. Probably. Who knows? Why <laughs> doubt him now? Oh. Yeah. So that was why we were um. That was hilarious. <laughs> How old is he? George. Santos. I don't know, like in thirties or something. Let's find out. Born in nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, he's in his thirties. Dude has a criminal status in Brazil. <laughs> oh yeah, he might. Yeah, yeah, he has like a bunch of shit going on. He's hilarious. Trust me, man. Hilarious. Going on? Yeah, he's hilarious, man. The whole okay, story, dude. Cool. If you follow, hilarious. if you look up his history, like his story, you won't stop laughing. That's why it's funny to me. Like I've read every lie he's gone through, his whole thing. I've read through it. That's hilarious. I well, after, him. well, after his news uh, came out, what um, what have the other politicians been saying about him? Nothing. Nothing. That's the thing. They Nothing. don't want to say anything about him because they know it's gonna happen. Oh, so just like let it be. They don't want people looking into their thing because if they come out and say, see, that's why we can't have dirty lying politicians who lie about things. You know why he got caught last time? You want to know how he got caught? Like why he got caught this last time? Because he was doing Botox and buying OnlyFans Ah. campaign money. What do you got caught for? Second dick? I don't know. Oh, no, no. We found out. No, some fat bitches. He was following some fat bitches. Yes. What? Yes. He was following some fat bitches on, on OnlyFans. Look that shit up. I'm going to move on to another oh. subject. 
We're moving oh, on. So, oh, so that's why that's why there was an OnlyFans logo. I I remember like a pic on Instagram. There's like OnlyFans logo on it. Yeah, something. I didn't understand what, like, what that meant. Fabridge was like, "Yeah, he's one of my subscribers." She came out and she was like, "Yeah, he's one of my subscribers." And he spent campaign money on OnlyFans and Botox and dinners. Have you saw his um his bio on on Twitter? Uh, I don't know if it's if if it was there. The whole time, my community service will be to clean up Congress if it's corrupt frauds, in a bipartisan way. My road to the redemption will be serving the American people. Has it always been there? I don't know. I don't know that one. Make America triggered again, trumpet Santos. <laughs> what the he fuck? Is hilarious. <laughs> Trump is president, Santos is vice president. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. That guy's hilarious. Yeah, we're, let's move on to the next one. That'll be a lot of comedy. Nah, that'd be the most funny. That'd be the funniest crap I've ever saw in my life. So I'm moving on to a topic I know you wanted to discuss. Um, this week, a, a um, Black Lives uh, Matter uh, community member, leader, leader of a, like a sect somewhere, endorsed... Uh, Endorsed Donaldo Trump. He's not black. Donaldo Trump. Uh, Mark Fisher. He uh, endorsed Trump and said, you know, we're down. We're not supporting Biden anymore. We don't believe that Democrats and Biden's, um, um, you know, stand for the black community and support blacks and want to do anything for black communities in inner cities. We stand for Donald Trump. And then on Twitter, shit went wild with, cons- with quote unquote conservatives. Um. Yeah. Before we get into it with you, um, Ronnie boy, Ron, um, Ron the the lifts, the boot lifts, um, tweeted, BLM praising Donald Trump and Trump celebrating it makes perfect sense. When BLM was burning down our cities and assaulting our police officers in our cities across this country, Trump did nothing but sit in the White House tweeting law and order. We did it differently in Florida. I didn't just tweet. I took action and called up the National Guard. We were not going to let our cities burn. As president, I will not sit idly by and watch rioters torch our cities. Because in Florida, and um, that was a tweet. I have some thoughts on it, but um, I know you wanted to talk about this first. You were the one who suggested we bring this up um, before we talk a little bit more about DeSantis and shit. Um, go for it, man. Let me know. What's by the way, I, I, I didn't even want to say that debate, but we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. Yeah, when I first saw this, I um, it was kind of surprising. I really expect that from uh, what's his face, and uh, I think someone in the comments mentioned uh, it's like KKK endorsing Trump uh, during his uh, his time. I don't know if I would compare the BLM to KKK. I mean, KKK is like literally like most hated in America, yeah. if not maybe in the world, and then BLM. Them had more support, you know, in in 2020 and you know before that. So yeah, I wouldn't really compare them and KKK at all. But I I don't know. Unless if I'm overthinking this, I don't know if I can trust the leader of uh, the uh, leaders and you know the founders of BLM. So the funny thing is, I'm 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 like I'm like fifty fifty on it. I don't know. Like it's a good thing, bad thing. They might try some shit. You know, I, I don't know. I don't even give a shit. That's how where I am. I don't care. 
See, right. this is my point, is that people don't know how to read anymore so, because they see BLM leader. <laughs> he is the BLM leader of a small community sect, chapter of BLM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. BLM operates like most com- like most things, like a like a like a boys and girls club. They have community uh sectors sectors sectors. They have mm-hmm. a group in wherever the hell he is, in whatever town he I think he's like in Rhode Island or something. Mm-hmm. Um in his community in Rhode Island, he is the leader of the Black Lives Matter group. And he right. individually is endorsing. And he is calling for Black Lives Matter people. And black people, black communities, to endorse Trump. He's not saying that they will. He individually believes that Trump would do more for black people than Biden and Democrats. This yeah, way- I'm, I, and I'm not like you know being uh, overreacting like when it comes to other conservatives like in the comment section, uh, because I, I'm pretty sure he has a small following. He doesn't have a big following. Bingo. So it's not. That's why I'm saying it's fifty-fifty. I like. I I don't know if I can trust him, but at the same, time, I, I don't. It's all a, a huge problem. No one, no one, and their grandmother asked Ron DeSantis to be the gatekeeper for conservatism. No, <laughs> yeah, he is not. <laughs> he is not. Nobody gives a shit if Ron DeSantis cares or thinks you're a conservative or not. First of all, this is the same man. All right, he's going to talk about that. All right, Ron, Ronnie boy, talk to Ronnie me boy. about your best friend who, the pedophile who killed himself because they were about to indict him for being a pedophile for texting a young girl. Tell me about him. He was your roommate as an adult, not in college, as an adult. This was a man who was a top Republican donor, organizer for you, for you. He helped you become governor by by raising funds in Florida. A pedophile. So tell me about that. All right. So so you tell me about that guy. Because if you're going to come out here and play the... I'm better than I'm better than Trump because I don't have drama and I'm clean and I don't do things like Trump, like pay a prostitute. You're friends with a pedophile. I'd rather be friends with a prostitute. I'd rather pay a prostitute to be friends with a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I don't, I don't play games here. I'm keeping we keep it real here. Right. It's like, what well, I mean, Ron, Ron, Ron can say whatever the hell he wants. I, I've noticed uh, that Trump has gotten a lot of endorsements this year. So this is the thing. He doesn't like the fact that. There are people coming into the party not supporting him and supporting Trump because Trump has opened up the party to people that would never have joined it back before 2016. Meaning, there are more black people voting for Republicans in 2023 than there are back in 2015. There are more Hispanics voting for Trump than they were back in 2016. Mm-hmm. In 2015, I mean, when Trump wasn't around. Trump has brought more minorities to the to the party like us than than Mitt Romney, Ron DeSantis, Ron Paul, or John McCain ever has, ever did. Trump in 2016 flipped Florida because he went out and, and wanted the Hispanic vote. He went down to Miami and he wanted it. He earned it. He fought for it. You go to talk to people like Wake Up With Linda, they were the ones talking about how Trump and his campaign went down to Florida, they went down to South Beach, and they were campaigning and advocating for the Latino vote, for the Latino Republican vote, for the Cuban vote, for the Colombian vote in Florida. Not Ron DeSantis, not Rick Scott, not Byron Donalds, not the pedophile that Ron DeSantis is best friends with. None of them. It was the Trump campaign. They're the reason why there are more Hispanics voting for Republicans in Florida than there are Democrats. They're the reason. Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis hates the fact... If if they were okay, question here. 
if Mark Fisher endorsed DeSantis and said that the black people should vote for DeSantis, would DeSantis make that tweet? <laughs> what the fuck? No, no, no. That's real though. That's real though. If, yeah, no, no, if yeah. Mark yeah. Fisher, that Black Lives Matter leader in Rhode Island, came out and, and went on Fox News and told him and told that guy, "Hey, I endorse DeSantis, and I want black people in BLM to endorse DeSantis because Democrats don't support us." That's what he said. Just switch Trump for DeSantis. Would DeSantis write that tweet? No, he would do that tweet. No, he wouldn't write that no. tweet. No. Why would he write a tweet saying BLM destroyed our city and I'm not going to take their endorsement? When oh, if, no. if, if a black dude okay. goes on and says, you know what, I'm going to vote for DeSantis because I think DeSantis cares about black people. Do you think DeSantis is writing that tweet? No, he's not. No, he's not no, the, the way, no, the way I was I was thinking was like, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do that tweet publicly saying like, oh, he's endorsing me. But, but no, I, I get what you're saying. No, yeah, he's going to make a tweet saying Black Lives Matter endorses me because they're <laughs> – the, the leader of Black Lives Matter endorsed me because they realized that I'm better than Trump for black people and I'm better. Yeah, that, that's that's he what done that instead. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't have wrote that right, tweet right. that he just did. He would have not wrote that tweet. No, he wouldn't have. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he wouldn't have. He'd yeah. be flying Mark Fisher down to take a photo with him with his stiletto boots on. That's what he would have been doing right now. Right now. <laughs> that's what he'd been doing. So I'm, we're going to keep it real. What the yeah. Sanders and his The Sims don't do, we're doing it. That's what he would have done. Like, let's not play games here. So, I mean, like, they can they can talk all the shit they want. We know what would have happened. So, let's move on to the debate. Um, I don't have any video of this episode for anybody, just because, you know, our, our photographs like that, because our the audio-only listeners that I love. Um, we're here, and... Who won the DeSantis Newsom debate? Now I don't really like this backdrop because um you ever notice that Trump always stands in front of a blue screen? Oh god. Oh his face. You ever notice that Trump ever always stands in front of a blue screen? I've noticed that yeah. Well it's because never, it's all flattered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I I've I barely yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him behind on a red screen. That's actually interesting. Yeah, because it's more flattering. Who looks nicer in this picture? Gavin, look! look Gavin, look, look at that, nicer. that smile. Look, look at this, look that teeth. Look at all that. Look at that hair. <laughs> look at those shoulders. And then look at Ron in that red, angry. Ah, oh, I'm oh, oh, in Florida. Look at that. <laughs> and, and I and I and I, say this. I know what they're trying to do. Red is Republican, blue is Democrat, blue state, red state. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think Trump would have ever done that. So maybe he's looking blue. Who? Maybe he'll just keep everything blue. Yeah, I would think it would keep sides. everything blue. Yeah, I would think I would keep everything blue or like a white, whatever they yeah. do behind, like a blue screen. It wouldn't be yeah, like, I no, I, like I want to be, I want to be in the blue. You can be in the red. It's not like that. No, no, no. They, they, no, they chose. Plus, it's Trump. He, yeah. No, you know, DeSantis chose the red, and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna be in the red. No, so that's what I was thinking. Um, I watched highlights. I didn't watch the full debate. I watched highlights, um, and then I watched news clips, and then I watched the news headlines. I watched what clips. the takeaways were. Um, I didn't really care much. I'm gonna start like with the end. Um, it's interesting. DeSantis and and Newsom agreed personally. Both agreed to go more time. They were gonna go for more time, 
But then Newsom's wife came in and said, no, we're ending it now. Bro, it's always the fucking wives, man. It's always the fucking wives. Now, Newsom came right off the bat and went at DeSantis. And he was like, you know what? We're going to have disagreements. But there's one thing we can both agree on, that neither of us is going to be the nominee for our party in 2024. And I was like, damn, kill the breath. He wrecked him. He wrecked him. He said, neither of us are going to be president in 2024. Damn, Gavin. You really... He went right after DeSantis. Um, facts. Yeah, he spoke them facts. But um, that was the only facts he spoke. Because after that, he went into the whole thing. You know, we care about... Well, I never liked the debate uh, yeah. because I never thought DeSantis should engage. <laughs> You're a presidential candidate. You're trying to be something above a governor. Why are you lowering yourself on Gavin Newsom's stage? Yeah, I I don't think this debate was really necessary. You just let the you just let the man ruin his own state, and everyone could see it, you know. And then remember, people aren't going to look at like Gavin Newsom is obviously going to win automatically on the healthcare. He's going to win on the abortion. He's going to win on the, uh, you know, it's nicer to live in California because it's nicer here. It's warm, uh, etc. Stuff like that. Um, I mean, the DeSantis have to put pull out, up like, a, a book, a map of like, shit. Yeah, he had to pull up the shit map. It's like, all right, I mean, that's a good one, but like, why are you bringing props? If your message can't be said and you have to bring props in to discuss it, you're not going to win anything. You're just, <laughs> I'm sorry. If you need props, because in a real debate, you can't bring props. You know, yeah, I think, I think that was the first time I've ever seen anyone do that, just bring a props and. Yeah, I've never seen anybody just bring a prop like that, but this isn't like a real debate. This is like a TV show fun debate. So it's not official. Yeah. It's not really a real debate. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not looking serious here. No, no one's taking, like, DeSantis didn't, like, Gavin Newsom didn't take this seriously. He went on there just to do it. And he did it. And people are going to be like, oh, shit, Gavin Newsom in 2028, he doesn't give a shit. He goes right to, he's a fighter. And then I think Ron DeSantis came off as, yeah, he gets the policies right, but he can't sell it. He's boring. And he can't sell the policy. He can't sell the dream. Sell me the dream of America. He can't. He can't sell it to me. Um... No, no, I think rhetorically, I think policy-wise, yeah, Santa's is right. Santa's got it right. You know, Florida has become a yeah. safer state. There's less of a homeless problem in Florida than there is in California. There is a, it's a cleaner state. There isn't the drug issues in the state like it is in California. The immigration problem of, of asylum seekers and refugees, quote-unquote, that is, that is a thing in Florida that is real. That that is, that doesn't exist, unlike in California. But California is a border state, so Gavin Newsom has can say, you know, we confront illegal immigration on the border every day. If he really wanted to go after them, see, I can coach a guy like Gavin Newsom. I can give him pointers because I know Republicans. I know that they're they're too scared to actually go after the real stuff. All right. See, if Gavin Newsom had come out and actually wanted a real debate and fight it all, he could have said some shit, and Gavin Newsom would, and DeSantis would have just sat there. He could have gone after the fact that, hey, yeah, you're against abortion, but you signed the abortion ban in the middle of the night when nobody's watching you. And that's true. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, that, yeah sign, that is true, yeah. Why did you sign that abortion ban in the middle of the night when nobody was watching and then go out and campaign for three days? And why did you stay? Why did you hide away from cameras for three days after you signed it? Why? Say, you're not a real leader like me. I could have told him, hey, Gavin, he signed it in the middle of the night. Go say that. When he comes at you for the abortion, you go out and say that. Hey, so that's what Wait, I. He, would, he, didn't, he didn't mention that. He didn't really go after it that way. Gavin didn't he mention that. 
he went after the he went it he went that he went the other route. He went the women's medical rights and freedom and women's rights route. That's how he went. And so, and so, I thought that this debate was a lost from the beginning. Newsom went on the stage, and and defended the Biden agenda, in a charismatic way that Biden could never do. And people are going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are gonna believe it because there's a short, yeah. stubby guy, and like, and who's shorter? Who, by the way, if you saw the stage, they put like DeSantis on a bigger on a bigger platform, but he still looks shorter than the Newsom. I kind of want to see that actually. Yeah, look at <laughs> there's pictures on Twitter about it. I really want to see is... that. Dude's not being real, so like, don't worry about your height, man. Newsom is six three. Like, come on now. Newsom is six three. He's a he's presidential height material. Yeah. And here he goes. DeSantis is five eight, five nine. Like, eh, he's like a short king, you know what I'm saying? He's one of them short kings. No, that's not the average. Five eight. Bro, you're taller than DeSantis. Five I'm eight, five nine. I'm taller than by like one or two inches. Oh, I'm taller than DeSantis. Yeah, you're tall. Yeah, well, see, I'm like almost five ten. Yeah, no, see that that's the thing. That's the thing though. It's that he doesn't come off as charismatic. He always comes off as like he's fighting you. Like, so, yeah, I'd be a bit taller than than. Yeah, no, this debate has no point. I mean, not now because he's wearing them boots. Now you know who got that height though. Baron Trump. Baron Trump got that height, man. Dude, seventeen years old, and he's like seven. He's like six, six or six, seven. Six nine. Dude, is Baron Trump is six seven. Yeah, he's six seven. He's gonna be laying up. He's gonna be the next Chet Holgram. He's gonna be playing on some white team, bro. Yeah, with, with the idea of him like wearing heels and shit, it's like, bro, say, stay real to yourself. Like honestly, you don't gotta do all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you don't I, wear everyone, everyone can see it. Yeah, you don't gotta wear stuff. Everyone can see it. Yeah. No, that that was the thing. I, I thought the debate was pointless from the beginning. I think that yeah, DeSantis won on the policy points. He he definitely won the debate in terms of policy, but the the, the aftermath is where DeSantis wins. I mean, where Gavin Newsom wins. Gavin Newsom comes up as a guy who's not going to be a pushover. He went to the debate. He stood there. He was more charismatic. He can sell the vision of Calif- his vision for California, even if it's a bad one. See, this is the thing. Even if it's a shitty product, people sell lemons all the time. You know what a lemon? In a car? A lemon? Like a shitty car? Mm-hmm. You know what a lemon is, right? Yeah. Yeah. People sell lemons all the time. You just got to be good at selling it. Gavin Newsom is selling a lemon. California is a lemon. He's selling it, though, and he's better at selling it. He's selling the sandy beaches, the nice Hollywood sign. The same, the gate, the Golden Gate Bridge. If you're a lesbian, you can be here and ride bikes with your bitch ass girlfriend. If you're gay, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can do bitch-ass stuff. Girlfriend. And if you're Mexican, you can live here in peace. We're a sanctuary state. So he's appealing to a broad group of people, a broad, broad group of people, and he's selling a vision that he believes is conducive for a peaceful America. And in 2028, when he runs for president, because he will, he will be able to do the same thing because he can sell. He's handsome. He's tall. He commands the room. He's always happy. Notice that he's always happy. He's always smiling. Even when he was yelling at Gab at, at Ron DeSantis, he was happy about it. He was smiling, laughing. Ha! Ah, you're so stupid. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. You and your Florida, you and your alligators. We don't have alligators. We have illegal immigrants. <laughs> so, like that that's the thing that Ron DeSantis will never have. That's why his campaign was failed from the beginning. And people are jumping ship. The DeSantis, the the Sims are here on a victory lap. Like, yeah, the conservatives debate. No, no one gives a shit about that. Oh you yeah, know, didn't you know what I was go... doing oh, no, on that was, Thursday? That, that, that was that was Vivek. Never mind. Yeah, you know what, what I was doing on Thursday? Watching call watching football, not this not this debate. <laughs> fuck? I was watching the Cowboys and the Seahawks. The hell was, oh, that was a good ass game. I was fucking working and playing video games after. I didn't care about the debate. <laughs> exactly. And see, even if you weren't at work, you weren't gonna watch the debate. You were gonna watch the football or the other go. That was a good ass football game. 41 thirty forty one the third uh, what was it? forty one something? It was like forty-one and thirty-five, I believe. That was a good ass game, dude. That was yeah, a fucking... good ass game. I thought it was gonna be um a, a huge wipeout, but no, fucking Seahawks were coming to nah, play. They were. That was a good game. <laughs> yeah, and see, nobody was watching that shit, bro. The rate. Nobody's talking about the ratings. Nobody's talking about the ratings for that debate. You know why? Because they sucked. What was the ratings? I'm actually curious. Yeah, look at the ratings. Let me know while I move on. We're gonna move they on. can't bring uh they can't bring the uh Trump ratings. No, they can't. They can't handle that. They can't handle the ratings. So according to Politico, DeSantis and Newsom showed on Fox drew nearly five million viewers. Oh, that sucks ass. And look at the look at the Cowboys uh Seattle, Seattle game. I just spell cow noise. It's all cow noise. Um Let's see. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Can't find the ratings for that game. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to find the ratings, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Actually, I just wrote Thursday night football ratings. Dude, just mentioning about the score rating. No, I'm not trying. No, look. Well, it was on Amazon, so no. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Um, they're not there yet. So um. Ah, I see. Yeah, so we're not there. That makes they sense. But anyways, um, yeah, we're gonna move on to the next topic. Yeah, the the ratings were low. I mean, if you look at the college football college football ratings this week, I mean, yesterday, Saturday, I mean, the the college football uh, ratings for each game. I mean, like. They, they were they weren't even close. Like uh, yeah, I mean like sports. Yeah, when it comes to sports, they'll they'll always draw bigger ratings than politics, yeah. unless it was sure Trump. People, people watching Amazon, the, the Amazon uh, the Amazon football game. I'm, I'm sure they got better ratings than the debate because nobody's interested. Five million people, five million people. Unless, Come so, on now. Which Trump's ratings? Look at Trump's ratings. So so we're gonna move on to the um to this new thing that also sucks, <clears throat> like the ratings for DeSantis, uh, Gavin. Riots. There were riots this week in Dublin, in Ireland, after a child was stabbed. After children were stabbed by an Algerian immigrant. Now, as soon as this happened, there were then riots. There were riots, and 
Um, effectively, there was an anti-police, anti-immigration clash. Brussels, police cars set alight. Shops looted. Stabbed the five-year-old girl receiving emergency treatment. Three young children were among the five people injured in a knife attack in Dublin on Thursday that sparked riots in the city center, in which police have not yet ruled out any motive over including whether it could have been terror-related. Public transport was suspended and patients advised not to travel to a nearby maternity hospital unless absolutely necessary after clashes between right police and anti-immigrant protesters who arrived at the scene of the attack besides the main thoroughfare of O'Connell Street. Um, I also added here down below, if you remember, there was a uh, MP in the um, Irish uh, Congress uh, who advanced, who wanted a law for hate speech, pretty much saying that we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. If yeah. their views on people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them to have deep discomfort, that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. And she had yeah, nothing normally... to say about the discomfort caused to natives by mass migration or the need to restrict migrants and freedom to travel for the common good of the average people. Go ahead. That's crazy. No, yeah, no, I was going to say, normally when you hear politicians say that we're doing this for the common good, it's not. Uh, you you fight back. Yeah, honestly, yeah. you fight back. You fight back. Don't run, don't hide, don't stay quiet. You fight back. Yeah, you gotta fight back. You gotta you gotta counter these people because see what they're they're, they're not adding, they're not telling you the full truth is that see what they said. If you cause even discomfort or insecurity, so if I make someone trans not like feel good, I can go to jail, or I should go to jail, or my right to free speech is 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 being eliminated by this woman who believes that her right to speech is far more important than mine. And she doesn't care about the fact that, yeah, there are all these immigrants um, are being brought here. And an Algerian immigrant stabbed children, a five-year-old and I think a nine-year-old. They were taken to the emergency room. And all of a sudden, they're trying to act as if, oh, that never happened. Because all these immigrants, and if you look at Irish immigration, all these immigrants in Ireland have been brought there over these past couple years. In fact, it was only recently. So if you look at the... Is, 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 it, is, it, is it mostly the Middle Easterns going to Ireland? Middle Eastern, Arabs. So if you look at here, the statistic here that I have, I'm going to tell you the statistic. In the past, 46% of... So the foreign population. So Ireland is in the seventh place of, the, um, of, of these people in terms of the share of immigrants in its population. The foreign-born population of Ireland is 17%. So 17% of the total population okay, of Ireland is foreign-born. They're immigrants. Over wow. almost 50% of those immigrants have been brought to Ireland in the last five years. So imagine that. Almost half of the 17% so let's bump it up to 18. That's 9% of the population was brought there in the last five years. They're all immigrants. Unvetted, unchecked, and the and they're being told that they're refugees and they're, they're migrants because they need help. They need to be saved. Look at that. And so then when you have... A, they want to be saved, but you're not, they're not even looking at their... They're not even doing any background checks or anything. They're just letting them in, just like that. Yeah, they're just letting them in. They're just letting them in. They're just letting them in because those people have needs above the ones over their native population. The people like that woman care more about immigrants than, they, than she does her own people. 
That's what happens. Those politicians care more about the, those immigrants than they do the native people of those countries. She cares more about an Algerian immigrant who stabbed a nine-year-old girl than she does the Irish people that have to work and who have lost their jobs because of all these people. The people that were on social welfare who are now being taken benefits are being taken away because of all these immigrants. Just like in the New York, just like in New York and like New York State, you saw that veterans were being pushed out of their homes because of these immigrants. The exact same thing is happening. The exact same thing. It's it's crazy when you um when you see this because no nobody nobody's gonna see this, but uh, it's it's crazy when you see this because. It's happening in mostly Western countries. You don't see this in China. You don't see this in like India. You don't see this Man. in no. You like you you don't you don't even see it in Russia either. And it's mostly white. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't do that. So they they don't um they don't want that. So. So now, what would you call it? Because now, what is it like? Because now, I I can easily say that. I can easily say that they're trying to get rid of the uh, white population. Well, yeah, it gives credence to the replacement theory. It's like, why are you bringing all these people, all this, all the, all these people in this big of a number in this short of a time frame? And why are we here yeah. telling us that you're going to give them the equal rights, that they may have the right to vote, that they have the right to set up all these things in the communities? That imagine this: there are over fifteen hundred mosques in London. Yet, yet England is <laughs> Damn, a fifteen hundred. But England is a racist country. There and they are come there. Fifteen hundred mosques in London. If I, as a Catholic, wanted to go to Palestine, if I wanted to go to Lebanon, if I wanted to go to Afghanistan or Pakistan, and wanted to good go to luck. Hebrew, good, good luck, luck with that. Good luck with that. You couldn't. I can't do that. If a Hindu wants to build a temple in Pakistan, he'll be killed. He will be killed. So Conor McGregor comes out and says, hey guys, like, forget the riots. How come your guys are bringing all these people in? You're not looking after the people in Ireland. You're ignoring their needs. You're ignoring their rights. You're bringing all these people in. How can it be that you care more about immigrants than this girl being stabbed by an Algerian immigrant? These people are coming in unvetted, unchecked. They're mostly men. It's mostly men coming in. And you're not doing anything about it. And so what what happens now? The government in, is investigating Conor McGregor for online hate speech. He doesn't have the right to criticize or comment on his government's policies, the government he pays tax to, the government he he would fight for in a war for. He can't This do is that. why freedom of speech is important. Exactly. This is why it is so important. And half the people in this country in America wants to get rid of it. Uh, yeah, because they disregard it. They don't understand how important it is until they lose it. Until stuff like this happens. And Ireland isn't the only country. The United, You already know the EU is the one promoting it. So they're the ones telling yeah. all these countries you have to take this amount of people in. And Poland and Hungary, remember, Poland and Hungary are taking in zero. They don't zero. Want zero. Because they know that this is a cultural transformation that is going underway. They will not be allowed. These people are not compatible with us. They know that these Muslim immigrants these muslim invaders are not compatible with our culture they are not compatible with a christian polish country they are not compatible with a orthodox hungarian country they are not compatible and they know that these leaders know that and they're looking out for their people they told their population hey 
we're going to go and we're going to go into government and we're going to establish policies that will not have mass immigration. And the people voted for it democratically. Remember, they democratically voted for uh, the Orban. They democratically elected for the Christian freedom parties in, in Poland. They voted for Gert Wilders in, in the Netherlands. Why? Because of these policies. They, they're realizing that this is destructive. So they're voting with their pocket and their community safety for an anti-mass immigration candidate. Because they see, this is what happens. There's filth. There's sexual assault. There's religious bigotry on their part. Yeah, right. There's crime yeah. and drugs and homelessness. And so they see that. They live in the communities. They're not the elitists in Edinburgh and in the capital of Ireland who are out here just living in their gated communities, never seeing these people. No, the people of Ireland see this. They see the crime. They see the violence. They see the religious bigotry. They see the protests. They see how these people who come into this country want to live as if they're in Saudi Arabia. They want to live as if they're in their third. They want to live in those countries as if they're still in those third world Muslim countries, praying in the streets, selling dirty crap in the streets, stabbing women, marrying 13-year-old girls, sexually assaulting, the rape. Remember what happened in Sweden? They had to vote. They voted for a right-wing party because of that. Because they saw the huge problem they had when Islam entered that country. And it's Islam. You don't see that with the Greek migrants. You don't see that with Romanian migrants. You don't see that with the Mexican migrants. You don't see that with the Israeli migrants. You don't see that with them. But when it comes to them, it's just something that they have to conquer. They have to infringe with their way of life. And so I have video for you, Candy. I want to show you. Okay. You're going to love this video. Because these are your people. I would like to see. This is what's Who's the leader today. of uh, Ireland right now? It's a, it's a Green Party member. So here, I'm going to share this video for you. This is uh, Spain. This is the border between Spain and Morocco. The down is Morocco. Oh, it's going up. You see all that? Just all those people. You look at them. Who are they all? Men. Young men. You see a woman here? I'm pausing it so you can see. Where's the woman? They're all women. They're no men. There's no women. You see any? Man, if that was me, I'd be right up that fucking hill with all my National Guards and shoot the fuck out of all of them. But you can't because you're going to call the United Nations. Exactly. I can't. You can't. So here's another one. In the island, in the Italian island of um, Lapendusa, over 200 illegal Muslim migrants from Africa. Look at all these pieces of shit. Look at all these guys. Tell me where you see one woman or one child. You see that? Where are the women? Disgusting. Where are it's disgusting? Where are two hundred thousand in one in twelve months? In one year, twelve twelve hundred thousand on one small island. 
Here's another one. This is in German. That's in Germany. You see that? Here's another one. This is in London. In London stand, the capital of... Oh, I saw that. I saw that for sure. So I have a question for you. Do you think if there is a if there is a um an ambulance that needs to come through with a woman who is pregnant or is having a complication and she needs to get to the hospital, do you think they're letting them through? Nope. No, they're not. They're not because they believe that they're suffering. They're what they will not suffering? care. They will worry about themselves. They are suffering. They want justice. They do not give a shit. This is in Spain. Where are the women? Where are the kids? And folks all need all this help. The Spanish government, led by the socialists, are going to take them in. God, that was loud. And it's actual people, it's women, it's children, it's people in that community saying we want them out because all they bring is crime, degeneracy, rape, drugs. You know, yeah, like I've I've seen this so many times with like minorities too. If we were to mention that you guys are bringing in crime and filth and disgust, look at look at Denmark. They're they're a counter argument. Denmark. Peacefully. They can do this peacefully. But in Ireland, there's an anti-protest to this. And what do they say? You guys have to go to jail. You guys are hate features. You guys are racist. Look at this. Look at this Oh, they have the right to do everything they want, but you can't protest against it. Me, as a freedom fighter, I am not afraid to lose my job. I'm not afraid to lose my house. I am not afraid to be on the road because it's definitely no worse than what is happening in Gaza at the moment. Guys, it's not the bullshit. 
Suck my dick. Yeah, that's that's just cultural. She's stealing. This series is um lady stealing. Yo, stay, 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 stay. No, 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 stay, 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 stay. No walking. Stop, stop, stop. You're all stolen the shop. You're all getting arrested now. Gardy on way. Gardy is on the way. Gardy is on the way. You stole that bag. Where's your receipt? Where's your receipt? Where's your receipt? Where's your receipt? Show me the receipt. Yeah, no, no you did. No, no, wait here. He's Where's all wrong. He's all wrong. Show me receipt. Oh, give me back everything you stole. Piece of paper. Piece of paper, you boy. Did you rob those? Yeah, see, they just, they just, they stole it, and they're like, no. Man, it's not no ball, no. Biggie ball, virtually no ball, no. Picky, no pocket money. No pocket money. How much time? How much time? Three, three, three. Messi. No pocket money. They come here and they want water, they want good food, they want a good hotel, they want money. Why can't you go home? Where you have a home, yeah. where you have food, where you have water. Because you notice how black people nowadays like to act like to act like Africa is like this rich country now? This rich continent, like it has a lot of stuff now? It's not. But it's not. But they say, <laughs> they hate not. it when you say it's not, but they want to go to Europe and, and, and say that it's not. They're hypocrites. Look at Amsterdam. Look at the streets of Amsterdam. These are the streets of Amsterdam. Aren't there like a lot of prostitution in Amsterdam? Amsterdam? Well, a, there's a red light district, which is legal. This is, this is Scotland. <laughs> Those are kids. They shouldn't be thinking of sex. Yeah, I come with him, burn that shit alive. That's in New oh, York. I saw that. Yeah, that's in New York. <laughs> Look at Allah's army. They're leaving Libya, they're going to Italy. No women, no nothing. Look at all those beds. Get rid of that shit in your head. Don't mess with us. We need mess more people the, like that. Mess with we the need more people like down. that, honestly. This is French protest. They're saying Islam out of Europe. This is the, the park in London. What are they doing? This is the park in London.
Here's another one in Copenhagen. This is in Denmark. Oh. And they can do that with no, no, no problem. Oh, remember there was like there was a young boy, a sixteen-year-old boy named Thomas, killed by Muslim immigrants because he was white and European in France. French people. Where is this again? That's in Paris. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paris has a lot of shit as yeah. well. This is more images of a. Dublin Hotel hosting immigrants after the Algerian stabbed the Irish children. Oh, oh, here is like a market. What is all this? Is it Dublin? This is this is sea food, sea for burger. What is this? Sea burger. The, see, uh, uh, this is it. They bring out food, everything. Oh my god. Yeah, good. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's what they do. Make it to um, a point, make it to a point where they can't bear the living anymore. You, you know how you know how um it it does also in New York City. Like immigrants they were complaining about how they're sleeping in the street in the cold, barely any food. Remember they were complaining about like make, oh, make the hotel's not nice enough. We want a better hotel. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. Make yeah, it sufferable for them. But no, it's like, no, we need a better hotel. Oh my god, if Trump becomes president again, then. Look at this. Mass deport solemn, that'll be Lampedusa, so fucking Italy. Call me. Look at this. Look at that. Mohammed not welcome here. This is Warsaw, Poland. A protest, Muhammad not welcome. <laughs> oh, I saw but, that one. Yeah, they're not compatible. They're not aligned. They're... No, eh, it's my people. Don't do that. That's here in America. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Yeah, this is America. Who's going after his balls? You notice that? Yeah. Bloody banjo. Bloody banjo. It's okay. Okay, brother. Okay. Ah. Smacking his ass. Whooping his ass. That's all. Whooping your ass. Whooping his ass. That's all. And then you do, man. Don't do that. Wait, do what's, that, what's the title? The cultural adventure is told cultural, that yeah. he must not steal. Because you know how they're like, they're not immigrants. They're here to enrich our culture because diversity. They enrich our culture when you have diverse people. That's how that's the bullshit <laughs> they've sent in Europe. So look, now you can't park in the space. You have to. You have to pray in the parking space. He's like, well, this is religion. He's like, no, get the fuck out of here. Here's the Pope with all the trans. Oh, fuck is this? Oh yeah, here it is. 
here's a guy who they redid an art There's Madonna with a trans Jesus. What the fuck? Oh, I want to slap him so fucking bad. That's the ugliest looking motherfucker out there. He has a tattoo of Jesus Christ and trans. En 2023, on peut accepter de laisser des gens dormir dehors. C'est inadmissible. Peut-être qu'il fait beau, mais regardez l'hygiène. C'est incroyable. On est à Paris. On est en 2023, on est en France. Et on laisse des gens dormir dans la rue. Qu'est-ce qu'elle fout, la mairie de Paris hein On se le demande. Hein. Vraiment, c'est inadmissible. C'est incroyable. Et il y en a partout, sur au moins un kilomètre, tout le pont, là. Yeah, and it's racist to say Irish lives matter. What the fuck is going on? Irish lives matter. What I the did. fuck is going on up there? What the, the hell is that? Did. I guess they found her eating pork. Four babies on the floor. All I see is a bunch of shadows. <laughs> it's just like it's a bunch of like bed, bed, like bed sheets. <laughs> Black bed sheets and black towels. So <laughs> that like just just the same thing. Look at this. Look at all these. In Germany there are around three three thousand mosques. Why do they pray? But why did they want to pray with an amplified loudspeaker in a pre Christian Christmas celebration? <laughs> what the fuck? Miles, but they want to do that in public. German police educate violent Muslim immigrants. Good. Good. Beat their ass up. No, because I thought he was doing the thing. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That'd be you. That'd definitely be you. Okay, go, go, back to it, go back to it again, go back to it again. Let me go back. Look at him, he's just like. <laughs> I would have been you, dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Stupefy. Irish lives matter. But this is racist, but when they come in and say, Allah, walk bar, you know, oh, they can't. So they're getting chased with. Uh... <laughs> Why this one Chinzina is gonna get a 
This is the mayor of a of a. Of oh a yeah, I, yeah. I want. I want. I was trying to look for him. I, I I looks different color, but people doesn't give me vote because of the Muslim or I'm different color. People you know vote for me. Anybody from any color, any religion, you know. That's why uh, I'm not representative of the Muslim, uh, I'm not representative of the migrant, I'm representative of the Limbrick City Council. I, I, I look different color, but... What did he say? He's like, I would like to see them shot head and, and beaten to death are the words of Azad Tulakadar, a Bengali Muslim. Inexplicably elected the mayor of an Irish city. Yeah, it's like, how? Look at this. You can't pass. Try again later. You're praying in an alley. New York City. We've seen these. Oh yeah, I think I saw that one too. Well, good man. Treat them just like the ones in fucking in Germany. They beat their ass. Who the fuck was that faggot? <laughs> Get rid of that thing, that That's fucking you, retard. That's you. I can't fit. There are over 1,600 mosques in the UK. Why do they pray in the streets and Bruh. Look at this guy. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, I saw that one. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, he definitely like that guy. Let's see, what's another one? You'll see this last one for uh... Uh, in Japan. You see what they did? Along with the emperor, the Japanese is for the Japanese. What are you dealing with? In Japan. Hey, was there an American flag in there? Oh, no, that's the Japanese rising sun, never mind. Yeah, well, see, they're there. They're just saying, you know. Well, what, what, wait, what are they dealing with? Uh, Muslim migration? Well, there are calls. There are calls for people to like uh, bring them in and bring refugees from like Palestine and shit. And they're like, no. They're like, no. I'm trying to see how many mosques are there in America. Oh, I don't know, like seven thousand. Um, yeah, it has to be a lot. In 2017, there were 3.5 million Muslims in the United States, making up 1.1 percent of the total population. The first mosque in the U.S. was in Bedford, Maine. There are almost um, 3,000 mosques built, spread out across the United States. Now imagine, there are 3,000 mosques here, and there are over 1,500 mosques in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and it's not big like America. Uh, yeah. New York is number one with 257, California 246, Texas 166, 
Florida 118, Illinois 109, New Jersey 109. Those people want to, those are invaders. They're not here for uh, cultural enrichment or to work like prior generations. They're here to conquer. They want to spread their thing. They want to steal. They want to, they want to steal. They want to live off the government, live off the people. They don't, they're not there to work or, or bring their family. These are young men here to spread not... their, their disease, which is this radical Islam. And Islam is and a not conquering. Islam is a Islam is a religion that encourages, and you have to invade. You have to do that. That's what they do there. You have to. That's their goal, and they're envious of our society. That's why they. That's when. That's why the Ottoman emperors, the Ottoman sultans, they always had a European wife, always had a European wife, because they looked better. They didn't wear the head wraps, yeah. and they and they and and. and, and they had better, they had better uh, uh, manners and better thoughts, and they were highly intelligent because they can mm-hmm. they can get educated in our society. And that's what they're envious of, and the fact that they're sending young men, military age men, is a thing. Ban it. I would ban it if I was in there. We're not letting in a single one. They're not. This Belgium is for the Belgians, France is for the French, Netherlands is for the Dutch, Spanish is for the Spanish. I'm sorry, that's how it is. Because you know what they say. Turkey is for the Turkish. Palestine is for the Palestinians. You think they're letting in a bunch of Belgians? No. They no. want the Belgian women. It's just like black people. Black people, they hate white people, They but they want snow bunnies. They want white women. That's what they want. They want white, white girls and they want Hispanic they want, girls. Yeah, they want See? Girls, That's what yeah. they do. It's all hypocrisy. White people, though, they're all opening. They're all welcoming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. But they don't realize that those people hate them. That's why I would never let any of them. Don't let any of them in. Fuck them. That's it. All right, yeah. So let's um let's end here because we we're pretty much at the end of the show. So we're gonna end here. Uh, again, hope you guys enjoyed. Like, subscribe, uh, check out our stuff. We're gonna be sending out clips of our episodes. You don't have to watch the whole thing, but we suggest you do. But if you don't, we'll be sending out each segment out. Uh, we'll be switching our uh video platform. Okay, so if you guys wanna see a more professional show or we will be switching over to that soon um and yeah hope you guys enjoyed this episode like subscribe tell your friends if they want to hear someone tell the truth on situations going around the world if you don't want to hear the same garbage verbatim that you hear on the networks and from the lefties and progressives that dominate the news and media space we're your guys we're the guys here telling you the truth uncensored unfiltered uncut what you want to hear what you got to hear right here every week yep. so like subscribe follow us and if you really want to help us you know just subscribe to our patreon that donation of five dollars a month will really help us um continue spreading this message and the link is down below hope you guys enjoyed the episode see you guys next time you're racist <laughs>